time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, October 2nd, 2023. We are in the fall. The fourth quarter has started. And what is it going to look like? We're going to be talking a lot about that on the podcast. This podcast is created by Mortgage Professionals. It is for Mortgage Professionals, and we're grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information that you can listen to anytime and anywhere, and it's in an audio format, and we love to get your feedback. Would you like to see it in video? We're doing it in audio, but we're looking at doing this in a video. Joining me today is my co-host, Mark Helm. Mark, good to have you here, friend. I'm certainly glad to be here, David. Thank you. You bet. It's good to have you here, my friend. Marcus, we just don't let anybody become a sponsor here. We go with the best of class, best in breed, and we've got some of the best ones out here. Let's start by talking about Byte Software. If you have an uncompromising ideal of how you want your mortgage operation to run, you're in good hands when you select Byte Software. You're going to be able to love how much control you have over the product, the way the design, and the way you manage custom workflows inside of this system with its macro-based automation, validation rules, and countless customization options. Finastra with robust features. Tap into robust features such as user-defined groups for processors, underwriters, and closers. Also, Total Expert is already built for lenders and has the intelligence and understanding of their unique needs. you got to check out the journeys that are in Total Expert. Such a mature system, especially when you're having to cut back on your staff. Total Expert has not. They've kept building and building robust journeys. When you say journeys, I'm talking about marketing journeys and when you're working with your consumers. Check out Total Expert. And Kender Technology that has a mortgage loan fulfillment solution that is patented automated decision engine paired with Kender Fulfillment experts leveraging lean manufacturing methods and really making a difference for your company. Yeah, I love Candor. They do a great job. It is an excellent system. Also, Simple Nexus, a single platform that has simplicity that helps you from start to finish on your loan. With one login, they streamline each stage of the mortgage transaction into a streamlined single platform experience. It's really good. Also, iEmergent. Mortgage Banking Association. Lenders One. The Mortgage Collection. Knowledge Coop. Mobility MMI. And Modex, as well as the other companies we talk about on this podcast, I want to say a special thank you to each one of our regulars, Adam DeSantis, Les Parker, Matt Graham, David Kittle, Alice Alvey, and Alan Pollock. We thank them for their contributions. Last week, we released an interview with Emily Farley of Atlantic Bay on the topic of leadership, mindset, and skill set. She did a great job of talking about this. She's a true leader in the industry. Be sure to check out that podcast we released on September 27th. This week, we're releasing three podcasts. On October 3rd, tomorrow, we'll be releasing the interview I did with John David Mann on his new book, Vagrant. 
And it's a real interesting story. It's written as a metaphor. You're going to enjoy this. And then on Wednesday, third, we are releasing an interview I did last year of Marjorie Willis of Navy Federal Credit Union. And they're talking about women empowerment. It is a powerful interview. Last year, I caught her at the Empower event and uh, she was standing in line and I was drawn to her and recorded a wonderful interview. So promoting what Marsha is doing with Empower check out that interview. Also, I'm excited to be releasing October 6th, this coming Friday, an interview that Mark and I did with Pavan Agarwalal of SunWest Mortgage. And the topic was Angel AI. Mark, you and I have been so enamored with what's going on with AI. And I know you were just blown away as we interviewed Pavan. Uh, any thoughts on that topic or that interview? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a podcast that you don't want to miss. It's going to lay some groundwork for you, what Pavan's been working on for a large number of years, and he's perfected it, and it's in the marketplace today, and it's going to make a major difference and has already begun. Yes. Pavan Agarwal of SunWest Mortgage. Check it out, October 6th. Thank you so much. So let's get over to this week's MBA Mortgage Minute update with Adam DeSantis. Adam, what do you have for us, my friend? Hi, I'm Adam DeSantis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Late Saturday evening, the U.S. House and Senate passed a continuing resolution that averted a government shutdown and extended fiscal year 2023 funding through November 17th of this year. President Biden signed the bill right before midnight, ensuring that all the various government-supported segments of the mortgage market, including HUD, USDA, and the VA, continue to operate uninterrupted. The past legislation included $16 billion in disaster aid and an extension of the National Flood Insurance Program until mid-November. MBA has been strongly advocating for the flood insurance extension on both sides of the Hill and with both political parties. In what was also good news, MBA learned late this week that the Biden administration has identified the Internal Revenue Service's Income Verification Express Service as an essential government activity that would continue to operate in the event of a future government shutdown. MBA will remain directly engaged in all the conversations around government funding and the NFIP over the next 45 days. And finally, have you registered yet for MBA Annual, taking place later this month on the 15th through the 18th in Philadelphia? Register today at mba.org annual. We hope to see you there. Thanks, Adam, for the update. Listeners, be sure to download the Mortgage Action Alliance app, also known as MAW, Mortgage Action Alliance, MAA. We love this app because it can support the MBA's efforts and what they're doing on the Hill. I would say it's a legislative app, but it's an app that allows you to support what the MBA is doing. Check it out. Get signed up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app. Now it's time for the TM Spotlight and this week's macro view of the markets with Les Park. TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Steep the knee, goes too fast, so MBS gonna crash. Higher rates in the long end than the short end annoyed mortgages. Prices fell and the coupon stack compressed, confusing everyone from borrowers to hedgers with speeds and curves. Will last week mark the death of the bears? The 496 barrier in the 10-year yield looks insurmountable. Expect rates to fall as October economic data flows. Additional support comes from bottoming gold, topping oil, and a steepening curve. Don't be surprised if mortgage rates fall 25 basis points. The curve and rates get messed up too with news. These views are mine. Sharpen your data view with TMSpotlight.com with news. 
with news. There's so much packed into that short message. If you haven't already done so, sign up for Les's TM Spotlight newsletter, and you can get the paid version for free if you enter the code word POWER, which is short for Power Seller. It is a great daily newsletter with some of the best insights you'll find about what is driving rates and the market. Let's listen to the latest update from our friends from Calc. Thanks, David. Here's a little bit of good news for our friends in mortgage servicing. CoreLogic's latest Loan Performance Insights report finds that while overall U.S. mortgage delinquencies crept up very slightly this summer, they are still near an all-time record low of 2.7%, with serious delinquencies at a 23-year low and foreclosure inventory remaining unchanged. Who are these homeowners incrementally paying off their loans without a thought of moving up or down the property ladder and freeing up some inventory? Well, a lot of them are baby boomers. According to a survey by the Demand Institute of more than 4,000 baby boomers, nearly two-thirds have no plans to move at all. They are content to age in place, and this means that Gen Xers can't move up, which would free up more inventory for the millennials. It is no wonder that interest in wraparound and assumable mortgages is spiking. We need creative solutions to unstick the market for those poor millennials, or they'll never be able to move out of their parents' basement. I'm Dan Muggy, and that's this week's Mortgage Minute. Folks, it's time for the Market Update with Matt Graham, founder and CEO of MBS Live. He's here to give us an update on what's going on today, and it's an ugly market. Matt, what do you got for us, my friend? This is Matt Graham with the MBS Live Market Update. Last week was all about an extension of the higher for longer rate trade in response to the previous week's Fed economic projections, the dot plot, and uh, other forecasts higher for longer means that the fed is less likely to hike rates much more and more likely to leave rates high for longer go figure and the market has taken the fed at its word and the result has been a increase in longer term yields and an actual decrease in short term yields which is a little bit mind-boggling considering how much longer term yields have risen at times like that we expect to see other yields such as the two-year three-year uh, move higher as well but over that same time they actually moved slightly lower that helps the yield curve uninvert to some extent it is not yet uninverted but moving in that direction and uh, there was a really pervasive trend in that general direction of higher for longer and higher long-term yields and then flat to lower short-term yields. At the end of last week, volatility picked up and in uh, a paradoxical way with some data coming in stronger than expected and bonds rallying on Thursday and then data coming in in a bond-friendly way on Friday with yields reversing a little bit. Volatility can be thought of as a product of uncertainty surrounding the potential government shutdown as well as month and quarter end trading. There's always a, an element of random volatility surrounding month slash quarter end as certain traders have compulsory trades they need to make and then those trades can trigger other uh, trading positions to be exited, if you will. Uh, you can see a short squeeze where those who had been betting on higher rates are forced to buy bonds. And then you can see technical levels prompt additional uh, bond selling. You can see short-term longs, book profits having to get out of the market. Uh, in any event, the government shutdown caused volatility. And we have 
two really only two decent examples of uh, shutdowns in the past 20 years that have any sort of bearing on what we may have seen this time around. And they both did something that was generally opposite from one another. So there wasn't a solid takeaway as to the reaction function of the potential shutdown. But in hindsight, it looks like the market was trading it as a risk off event to some extent, meaning that it benefited the bond market and uh, hurt stocks. And the reason that we can sort of conclude that with the benefit of hindsight, well, at least if we're going to throw out the month and quarter and stuff, is that when the uh, stopgap bill passed, and actually when the market first started trading after the stopgap bill passed, bonds lost ground and stocks gained ground simultaneously. Later in the overnight session, stocks began to lose ground, possibly with an eye on higher yields, possibly with an eye on weaker PMI data in Europe. Uh, but they didn't lose, or U.S. stocks lost more ground than European stocks, which sort of de-emphasizes the European data aspect of that. Now, in the domestic session, uh, stronger ISM data and uh, the general trend back toward the higher for longer territory is pushing yields to new multi-decade highs or highest levels since uh, 2006 seven and uh, mortgage rates probably going to be in the territory of the highest levels since 2001 when they fully come out today or when reprices hit because we're sort of losing some ground intraday um, the one good thing well not the one good thing but one good thing about uh, the shutdown being averted is that we'll have a full slate of big ticket economic data this week we were not going to have that data had the shutdown gone ahead and that includes even the big jobs report as well as jolts and then uh, inflation data in the coming week so this is the data that we feel that the fed has been waiting for or not the fed but the market the fed everybody has been waiting for uh for a couple weeks now and the data that the market has sort of been uh, taunting or daring to uh, give it a an indication that it's okay to turn around and see some value buying and uh, push yields back in the other direction of course for that to happen the data needs to be weak or weaker than expected and that is not a given if the data is as strong or stronger than expected then this higher for longer theme should or could continue to play out so just because a 10-year treasury yields at 4.68 right now doesn't mean it won't be at 4.75 or higher by the end of the week uh it's really all depending on economic data that's all for this week back with you next time thank you matt check out mbs live for all the updates and they're up to the nanosecond updates are just it's so timely you need this and you can sign up by using lol for liquid on lending to get the extended trial period without having to put in a credit card number otherwise you would have to put in a credit card number and your your subscription will start up automatically with this you do not have to do that now I'm telling you, you just need to sign up for MBS Live. It's so affordable. And these kind of market times where we're, it's so volatile, you need this kind of solution to help you stay on top of it. Now it's time to get over to Mr. Kittle. We've got David Kittle here, who is of many things. He's just such a dear friend and I, someone that I enjoy giving a bad time to, but he is CEO and co-founder of the Mortgage Collaborative. And he's here with an update on mortgage originations. What are you hearing out there, David? As we enter this fourth quarter, 
my gosh, it is going to be what seems to be with rates climbing as they are and are again this morning, just to be one of the most challenging quarters of our industry history in, in my 50 years in this industry. Your thoughts? Wouldn't couldn't agree with you more. And it's good to be here with you again, David. I hate it's not the bear of bad news. It's just the bear of what's going on. It's the reality of the situation. Reality, yeah. We sit here with delinquencies near record lows. We're making the best loans we've ever made. And then you look at housing affordability continues to get worse and worse every single month. As a matter of fact, if you look at some of the data that's out there right now, the pending home sales is really what I want to get to. Houses that are under contract, lowest it's been, David, since July of 2010 in the last 13 years. And that's during what they call the Great Recession back then. I think things are tough. And then you're moving into the time of year, fourth quarter, as you mentioned. What happens then? People pull back historically anyway. As you get closer to the holidays, they're not looking to buy. The weather gets a little worse. And now we've got five maybe six months from now until spring and until we typically as an industry start to go back. You combine that with what you said, rates are higher, they continue to go higher. And just on a personal note, I will say again, this is all policy driven. And yes, it, it's a real shame. Elections had consequences. And this is where we are. That last election has brought us to this point. Yeah, but isn't it the Federal Reserve? Certainly, that's an element of it, but it's also the spending that this administration has done that is just pushing over the top. And I know great people- Well, the Fed has no choice, right? The Fed was late on the trigger this time or before last year. They were way late on doing this, so they have had to overreact to it. But still, they react to political decisions. That's right. And the Fed chair is appointed by the president, so you can't say there's not pressure there. I was on a call earlier today with one of my clients, Alcova Mortgage, which I have so much respect. It's one of the better run companies out there, very profitable, doing well. And it's impacting everyone. But I go back to the fundamentals as I do with them. And I'm speaking again next week at Finastra's user conference in Orlando. I'm speaking at the next week, three big speaking engagements. Next week, I'm back from Orlando. I come back to Austin and I speak at HousingWire and doing a number of podcasts and interviews there as well as speaking. And then I fly out to Alcova speaking to their sales group. The number one thing I'm reminding everyone, Mr. Kittle, is the fundamentals under our market are as strong as ever. We still have a demand side that is so pent up. And so when we do get inventory that comes to market, it is going to be, I think, potentially, we have some great times. We will see interest rates lower. We're in one of those cycles. Now, how much lower? That's to be debated. But I am of the opinion we're going to see rates much lower. And I think we're going to get back to a point where things, when we have a new administration, we're going to see a much healthier economy, much healthier country. And we're going to see hope coming back in. All of that breeds for a much better market. I'm even out there and I'm doing some calculations, David, on this. And I actually am going to start to make a bold statement. You'll hear me say it when I'm speaking. If you're out there in the audience, when you hear me speak, I believe we have had a high watermark was over $4 trillion. I should know the actual number of what it was, but it was over $4 trillion at the height of this last cycle. We are going to see $6 trillion in the next market cycle. And that'll be in three to five years. I believe we'll see $6 trillion. So the question is, do you have the will to do what's necessary to make it through this market that we're in through right now, what's feeling like a nuclear winner? And do you have the will to get through it, to do what's necessary? All the things you've been talking about, Mr. Kittle, about cutting costs, doing the things that are necessary to survive. 
many of the things you've shared on this podcast. Are you willing to continue to do those listeners to the point where you will be able to enjoy that $6 trillion market? Some people are saying, nope, going to go to the sidelines, going to go do something else. I'll re-enter the market when that comes back. I understand that's like the sharecroppers. They go to the fields that need to get the cotton picked or they need to go to the fields up in Washington State when the fruit is ripened and needs to be plucked out of the trees. They are doing that. They're transient people. They're not the committed professionals that many need to be in this industry. So thoughts on that, Kittle? It goes back to, I think I mentioned it two weeks ago, my merchant. If yeah. you're if, in this market uh, to know where you need to be, there's somebody in a company you need to engage because their analytics oh. and their technology is just amazing. They're one of our preferred partners at the Mortgage Collaborative, and uh, they just and one of our advertisers here. Yeah, and one of our advertisers. In fact, with that, it's a good opportunity to share this audio bite that John Maynell sent in from iEmergent. John. Thanks, David. We've learned that iEmergence purchase mortgage forecasts give lenders geotargeting capabilities by neighborhood or census tract. But the platform can also reveal real estate agent productivity with the same incredible granularity and accuracy. Instead of only national, state, or even county-level data, Mortgage Market Smart can show which agents have the most active or sold listings in each individual census tract, allowing lenders to develop the best partnerships in the hotspots they're trying to reach. This functionality is absolutely unique to iEmergence. David. All right. Very good. Mr. Kittle, thanks for being here each and every week. Have a great rest You're of your welcome, week. You're welcome, brother. I'm going to roll out. I want to address yeah, something. Kittle, if yes. I could. Guys, uh, I'm seeing something really weird in a couple of marketplaces, particularly in Houston. The There's two things happening that we talk about the number of houses that are listed out there, but to keep in mind, yes, I still am bearing this burden myself on a property I'm trying to sell. There's two things that are really driving the show right now. Even the properties that are listed, a lot of them aren't being sold because people can't afford the payments. And then that feel about the properties going on the market, just remember that pointing out to our people listening that the big problem there is they get rid of their house, but they got no place to go and can't afford a new one. What rates where they are, especially if they're selling a lower interest rate. So the driving yeah, thing on this positively the it, rate got to happen yeah, before we have any growth in yeah, the market. You're exactly right, Mark. <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you there, but you're spot on. I could get an incredible price for my home that I've had now for ten years. Where do I go? Hmm. I'm not. I'm not ready to quote downsize. I can't replace this home. And that I hate the word conundrum, but the perfect storm right now is inventory, high rates, and inflation. And it is an absolute mess. And as we said on the recording, every bit of this is self-inflicted. Every bit of it. (laughs) So true. Thank you very much, Mr. Kittle. Appreciate you being here. Hey, Mark, it's good. Good luck. I can say it on here with the three of us, praying that that house sells, buddy. Yeah. that's a ring. And by the way, congratulations on the cats last weekend. Hey, Good how game. about that? We're Alabama's playing in Lexington this year. How about that? Oh, I'm not looking. I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're playing between the hedges this weekend. We're going down to Georgia, so we're probably going to get it handed to us. But so just I'm the way it is. So. I know you are. You guys take care. All right. Take Good. Care. Thank you. Man. I appreciate it, man. Very good. Listeners, it's time for the legislative update with our beloved Alice Alvey, my sister from another mister. She is vice president, partner education and training 
Now, Alice, you're going to have to explain why you're identified as partner education. Explain that. So at Union Home, we refer to each other as partners. So if I, instead of saying employee or associate, we just say, okay, I've got to email this partner. I've got to have a meeting of partners. That's our lingo. I like that. I like that. Bill and Al at Union Home are doing so many things well, so we're grateful to have you here. So what do you have for a legislative update for us today, Alice? Two things on the CFPB, since they're making the news as the Supreme mm-hmm. Court session begins and the CFPB case is on the docket. I thought I'd remind our listeners what the question before the court actually is. Now, the last date that we heard was going to be October 3rd, which is tomorrow, where they'll be making the case. We don't get a decision then, but you'll get the the testimony from each of the groups for and against what is going on. So the question before the court actually comes back to a case that Uh, was in 2017, the CFPB adopted a rule that prohibited lenders from further attempting to withdraw funds from a borrower's bank account after two consecutive attempts failed for lack of funds. So you bounced a check twice, but you're already racking up fees. You can't go ahead and do that a third time. So nothing to do with mortgage banking as to what was the case that prompted an entity to say, this is unconstitutional, the CFPB, and and really go after them. I find that totally interesting. People think it has something to do with mortgages, of course, because we always think it's about us. But um, (laughs) at the the end, the actual question before the court is, does the funding scheme for the CFPB, which receives funding directly from the Federal Reserve, violate the appropriations clause of the Constitution? So you can dig deep into that clause, but very simply is that there's different interpretations on how that works, but ultimately that Congress has to run those purse strings versus these types of the type of funding for the CFPB and mind you, the FDIC comes from a separate budget allocation. So it'll be interesting. No one wants to speculate where the judges are going to land on this, but that is now before the court and that's the actual question. CFPB also has a proposed rule that they're starting to pull together. So it hasn't been published yet, but it is about, you may hear in the news that they're looking to change medical collections and actually completely remove them from credit reports. So today we know they're not included in the score, but they're still on a credit report. You can see them there. And so their concern is that they're still having influence over loan decisions. There's this bill or this proposal actually is very large, just the initial outlines on 96 pages. So it includes way more than just this medical collection piece that's making the news in our industry. There is a lot going on in this potential proposed rule to really go after what's called a data broker. So there's a big chunk to help get further tightening down of data brokers who are the entities who are taking all of our credit card information every single time we purchase something and reselling it. And that group for all intents and purposes is technically operating as a credit reporting agency when they do that. Some of them are falling under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, others aren't, and the CFPB wants to tighten that up so that they're all under FCRA clearly and distinctly. It's an interesting proposed rule where we think it's just about the medical collections from the news that we're hearing, but there's a lot more to it. And so we'll be watching this. It's only at the stage where they're doing, they did the small business review panel in the summer. So now they're processing all that feedback and working on getting us a proposal to look at. So we'll watch that closely because that'll be a good one 
I think our industry would be in favor of it, but it'll get a lot of pushback from reporting agencies who will have a lot more work if this thing goes through. So that's my report, Dave. Back to you. Good report, Alice. Thank you so much. I know you were careful to say there's no one is speculating, although there (laughs) seems to be some speculating. If you think you had a chance to participate with the interview that we did with Mitch Kider, and he raised some really good points. Again, the purpose of that interview that you participated in with me had to do with the freedom action that was CFPB took against that and a realtor. But then after that was done, we got into the funding of the Supreme Court case that's being heard today. And is it going to be just today or is it going to be heard over a couple of weeks? Do you know how long that is? I don't, or is it- yeah, I don't know yet. They, they haven't republished the schedule yet that okay. I've seen. So we'll see how that unfolds, hopefully tomorrow. But you remember the interview that we did, and there, yep. there was more of a tension that there is a strong case that the funding for the CFPB is not constitutional. And we had a chance. So I just bring that up, listeners, just from the standpoint, Alice and I did this interview with Mitch Kider. It's one that I want to make sure you all go back and listen to because it does give you some insights. If it goes one way or the other, Mitch did a good job of covering both aspects of that. So Alice, do you remember that interview? Any thoughts you had you want to share from your recollection of that? I do remember that. And to Mitch's point, there is an argument for the fact that the funding structure may not meet this clause in the Constitution. The consequences are very strong, though, if it were to be the CFPB, that the funding structure was struck down because it would have domino effects into other federal agencies and not let alone trying to unwind everything with the CFPB and and what they've done. So I think it'll uh, be interesting to see. I'm just yeah. crossing my fingers. I'd rather work with the devil I know than the devil I don't know. Because if they get rid of the guy, rid of them, now we solve the other problems with authority and so forth. But this approach to get rid of them really causes a lot of pain. It does. It would a disruption that we cannot imagine. So good to have you here. Before we let you go, Alice, Mark, do you have any questions for Alice or any comments? No, sir. I just want to comment like I. I should all the time is how important uh, what Alice contributes to this call is every week. It's just yeah. uh, keeps me posted on so much relevant information and makes me better at what I do because I know about it. Thank you, Mark. Mr. Kittle, any thoughts you have? He's looking for the mute button. I see him on video. There he is. Guy, a guy his age has trouble finding the mute button. We, we just got to give it to him. You have to understand he's an old man, folks. All right. Uh, yeah. Just a tad bit younger than you, Dad. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that was Did a great Did you just call him Dad? Us. No. Yes, because he's older than me. That's exactly right. Got it. <laughs> we do have fun harassing each other. No, that's good. Good report, Alice. Thank you so much, as Thank always. You being here each and every week. If you want to go back and listen to all of Alice's reports, you can do so at our website. They're all listed out. If you just want to binge away and listen to all this economic, <laughs> all this legislative stuff, it's all there with Alice's wonderful reporting. Thank you, Alice. Have a great rest of your week. You too, everyone. Bye. Let's get over to Alan Pollock with this week's tech update. Alan Pollock, appreciate you so much. How are you doing, friend? Likewise. How's it going? Good. That's great. So, David, nothing too crazy this week. A couple small things, and then we're going to talk a little bit about security, as I promised last week. And I have no dad jokes for today. But first, <laughs> I said each week I'll come up with some type of AI tool or something buzzworthy. So 
in AI. So here's one. It's actually called Buzzworthy. <laughs> it's buzzworthy.ai. And it is a tool that it's AI powered, of course. And they mm -hmm. say to revolutionize your social media video scripting workflow. So like we talked about, if you go on TikTok right now and you put in mortgage, you will get thousands of people that are, most of them are loan officers. Some of them are realtors or just people that they say they're not giving professional advice, but they're explaining the difference on how to acquire a mortgage. Some people have even put information that shows if you were to continue to rent or if you were to pay with the highest interest rate available right now, an extra $400 a month or 200. And they show you the difference as far as what you're accumulating in property. They, they compared, stop buying Starbucks and you can afford the difference in the, they rate the gap in the rate. Because uh, some first-time home buyers, David, they're not buying six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar homes, right? So it all depends. So check that out, buzzworthy.ai. It's definitely something that's trending, and definitely check out Instagram and TikTok and how originators are trying to find new borrowers and meet the market and put content out there that helps make them look like thought leaders. That's a really big idea and a big it deal, is. I think. Yes. All right, David, let's talk about Maxwell. So they have acquired a company called Revin. That's R-E-V-V-I-N. I-N. They were a digital mortgage lending platform. They focused on customer experience and streamlined workflows. That's what this press release from Maxwell says. They're saying it's a very important milestone as they help lenders become more resilient to the cyclical nature of the mortgage market. Now, Revin will enhance their long-term focus in helping mortgage originators drive down costs, improve quality, and boost margins. Those are all the great things you want to hear. Revin customers will gain access to Maxwell's comprehensive suite of products. By the way, Maxwell also acquired in May another company called Lenders Select Mortgage Group, which was a capital markets partner. And so they're continuing to beef up all the things they do. This is not a approved ad by them. It was just newsworthy. But if you've never been to Maxwell's website, go check it out. They've got a whole bunch of different things that they do. Definitely the company's expanding and growing and, and doing their best to help us help homeowners get into their houses. All right, David, the next item I wanted to talk about today is Blend. They just integrated with Freddie Mac's AIM, that's A-I-M, Check API, which is really interesting because I think Freddie is not always out there as an option right? They're second thoughts sometimes in some cases, not all the time. So now with this API, you're able to actually get a broader range of information upfront and quicker access to eligibility. So it puts Freddie Mac back in the front. So hats off the blend. If you're interested, check it out. It's AIM. It's Freddie Mac's AIM platform. Right. And then David, I wanted to talk today all about fraud. It is something that like what happened at MGM, it's not going away. I will tell you, we have not recorded David in a long time an actual independent tech interview, but it just so happens that I am, and I was with this gentleman this week, weekend, I should say, he worked for the cybersecurity company that is on a many, a lot of high profile projects, including the MGM project. He gets involved in sting operations. He travels all over the globe. He's done it forever. He was telling me about his job. He is such an interesting guy. So we're going to sit down while he's here in my town. We're going to do about a 30 to 40 minute interview. He's going to tell wow. us all about cybersecurity. He's told me some very interesting things. Anyone can hack into any phone at any time. It doesn't matter if you're on an Apple device or not. Tell me some very cool things. So anyways, where I'm going with all that is we'll have an independent interview on the tech side that will talk all about cybersecurity. I did talk to him about the mortgage industry. We'll focus on that a little bit. He said mortgage industry, there's more fraud than you can ever believe. It's really anything in consumer because anyone has access to your information. 
There are fake Wi-Fi cords that people can use. There are fake Wi-Fi routers that people publicly connect to. There's some of the simplistic ways that you can be hacked. But let's talk about mortgage fraud because this is going to blow your mind. You ready? Let's do it. Wire and title fraud. There has been a significant increase in wire and title fraud in the second quarter of this year. On average, loans identified as problematic had almost two issues per loan. I'm going to read that again. On average, loans identified as problematic had almost, i rather just say at least, but almost two issues per loan. It points wow. to the lack of appropriate controls by closing agents. Now, if you've closed a loan recently, it's not any different than it used to be. A lot of email, a lot of back and forth, not a lot of technology, a lot of phone calls. There's so much room for fraud. It's crazy. The next one, David, mortgage-related fraud growth. Between April of 22 and March of 23, there were 1.1 million cases of fraud, making an increase of 16% compared to the previous 12 months. That means people are still trying to fraud lenders to buy homes and do different things, pretend they are different people, or to pretend they have money that they don't have. It is still going on. I guarantee people just still think they can beat the system. That's really what it is. And some people clearly are. Get this one, false or staged income. Lenders have reported seeing more examples of false or staged income, altered or fabricated payslips and fake bank statements. That's why as lenders and as technology solutions, systems like Plaid are being used and our friends over at Form Free, because of the technology that automates, not only makes the process faster and less expensive, especially in closing time, but also gets you accurate information. You can't fake that. It comes directly from the source. And then I'll give you one more, David, get this. Common mortgage scams, mortgage wire fraud has been prevalent where scammers impersonate escrow officers, real estate agents, or lenders, and more. That's exactly what just happened with MGM, where it was the vishing attack. They called help desk. They pretended that they needed to reset their password over the phone. The folks at the MGM help desk, where you spend all your money at the casino, simply said, sure, they took care of it. And then somebody got access and shut down 22 or 23 casinos. So with that being wow. said... It is absolutely clear that we need our guard up. Can never let your guard down. I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be more tech solutions in our industry to help connect or identify fraud. The problem, David, is we have so many tech solutions. So even if you close a loan, the title agent has a platform. The mortgage underwriting group has a platform. Some people outsource that. Then you've got the origination platform where you submit. There's so many technology platforms that as a borrower, you can actually be confused. So we need to continue to work on this. It's not something we're going to solve overnight. UBS, by the way, just recently paid $1.4 billion settlement over misconduct related to the bank and the sale of residential mortgage-backed securities. Fraud is just absolutely rampant and keep your eye out. Yeah. So hopefully I didn't scare anybody. It's still a great week. We'll have a fun Monday, a fun rest of the week, but that's today's report. That's a good report. And you're going to be interviewing that individual. Is that a podcast an interview that we can make available to our listeners here, Alan? It will be. It'll be good. branded as a lick and unlending technology segment. Good. Absolutely. And once I get it recorded, we'll, we'll get our folks to cut it up and uh, send it out. Perfect. Thank you so much. I, I read an article this last week that scared the hell out of me. It was basically so many times when we're dealing with our banks and other institutions, they want to email us a special code or text us a special code to our phone, mainly text, right? To get back in our account to change something. 
they said there's a high rise right now of people going after high individual individuals and they can identify through credit reports and other things where their accounts are. And they're requesting, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, they're mimicking that phone. They're setting up a new phone that they're capturing the person's number and that it, the other person might still get the message coming yeah. in their phone, but they can use it and they can get into people's account. Have you heard about that? Absolutely. It's very common. There's technology that allows them to, just like on an email, I can alias out and say that I'm sending you an email from anywhere and your response still comes back to me. So there's issues with phone numbers. There's issues with people just going online and getting temporary phone numbers. You can make the caller ID say anything you want, right? So you can say yeah. Amazon support and it comes yeah. from some random number. Yeah. yeah, so true. And last but not least, a comment. I was doing some research on some topics on YouTube the other day. And I wanted to see what some things my wife was giving me three things. Would you see if they give us any instructions how to do this on this item? Because I can't find instruction books anymore. And amazing information is out on YouTube. But we got a problem with it. So much of it is bad information because it's not being updated. People will put it out there and then put technology being what it is. And in two months, it's outdated, not usable. Is there any effort on, from the YouTube folks or anybody like that to cleanse that data to not have bad stuff out there that people are accessing and trying to use to solve their problems? Or is you know, that just an open forum? Honestly, Mark, what a fantastic conversation and, and a thought. I have absolutely no idea. I'll research that a little bit, but I really don't know. And I know what you mean. Anyone can post anything and there's a lot of just bad or false information. I don't know how we cleanse that. It's because it's everywhere, but that's a great thought process. Yeah, I agree. Mark, anything else? No, sir. Thank you. All right. Alan, thank you so much for being here as you are each week. Very much appreciated. Listeners, if you want to get a hold of Alan, email him at Alan, A-L-E-N, at TMS-advisors.com. Alan is also the COO of Candid, Inc. And Garrett and company do a great job. It's a new POS CRM system that's in the market. Alan, appreciate you being here, friend. Likewise, thank you, Alan. Thank you. Mark, another good podcast, wouldn't you say? I enjoy doing this with you. There's so much good content. We listen and learn every week, Mark. I agree, David. It's certainly a venture we own every week, and people can learn so much and can plan for their future better with all the real pertinent and timely information that's provided during the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you being here with me. This ends this week's weekly mortgage update. Thank you so much for listening and tell others about the podcast. Special thank you goes to Adam, Les, Matt, David, Alice, Alan, and Mark. Thank you so much for being here. And also a special thank you to our sponsors, Byte Software. Finastra. Total Expert. Kendor Technology. Simple Nexus. Emergent. Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Lenders One. The Mortgage Collaborative. Knowledge Coop. MMI. And not the least by any means, Modex. For sure. Check out all of these, all of our sponsors on the website, Licking on Lending. We appreciate you being here, everyone. Have a great rest of your week, and we look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Licking on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Licken of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for